Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with the subject of ancient and modern necromancy, alias mesmerism, and hypnotism denounced. Thank you very much. And we are very grateful that you could join us today on this Thanksgiving weekend. And I just wanted to mention, too, thank you very much. So many of you attended our Wednesday evening service, our Thanksgiving Day service. We had 29 testimonies and uh, hearts overflowing with gratitude. I'm so grateful. Thank you all. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. We welcome you all, and we'll start this morning with our morning prayer. I'm reading from two excerpts on page 63 of Divinity Course and General Collectania. Prayer for oneself. yourself. I am the child of God. His care and love surround me. Animal magnetism cannot reach me to make me fear or be afraid. And this prayer she gave to as a Christian scientist's prayer. There is no matter and no mortal mind. God is all in all. All is harmony, health, holiness. This is the prayer unceasing to be used on all occasions and at all times. It lays the axe at the root of unreality, materiality, that forbidden tree, and cuts it down. Preserve a sacred silence on the subject of prayer. Signed, author of Science and Health. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. And our watching point, Karen. Watch number 410. Watch lest you forget that the most subtle form of animal magnetism is the argument that you can be handled by it and not know or recognize it, so that you will protest vigorously that you are not a victim of it just when you are. In order to be sure that you are not handled by animal magnetism, you must do what a traveler does who, although he believes he's on the right road, checks up on himself by using his compass. The use of science and health will show you what you should think and express and so expose error. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So comments on that. <laughs> Well, anytime uh, you turn one one turns or I turn to science and health, and I read something that um, you know, it does make you think: Am I thinking that? Am I believing what was just said? And um, it really does. If you can't answer honestly within your heart, yes, I know that, or if it's the truth. Or uh, when she asks questions, which she does many times in science and health, if you can't answer honestly, then, you know, it does show you where your thinking is. And it really is a roadmap for our thinking. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Just why we should be reading it every day, not only the lesson, but consecutively through. Again, science and health, prose works, the Bible. It, it cleanses our thinking. Jeremy? Oh, I just was thinking about, you know, and, and learning to do work for the church and getting an idea that feels right and starting to go down that road. Like at each stage, I have to pray about it and make sure I'm still still doing right and being willing to turn back if, if I fail to listen correctly or anything like that. So. That's what made this made me think of is just that that real careful um, staying on the right path with whatever God's telling you, and it's kind of the reason I think Nehemiah was chosen because he must have had a must have been fitted to dodge a lot of bullets up in the 
palace, you know. Yeah, and then absolutely. He went on this and did yes. the same thing. So yes, yeah, and you know, if you're if you're a real working Christian scientist, it'll be painfully obvious that the world is throwing all kinds of propaganda and brainwashing at you 24-7. I mean, it's aggressive. It doesn't let up, which is why uh, starting each day with the textbook, and then, as, as Jeremy said, you know, at every step of whatever you're doing, God, is this what you want me to do? If, and if we're not, you know, if we're not uh, checking our thought regularly, then, you know, you're, you, you become a sitting target. It's the checking of our thought and, and the asking God that protects us from being that sitting target. Yeah, it also helps us to have the right motive for whatever we're doing. Whatever we are directed to do, we check in to make sure that our motive is correct. Thank you. That's yeah, huge, thank you. yes. Now we have a purpose and a pure motive. Otherwise, you can get very argumentative. If you've ever spoken to someone who is in that state, they will argue, argue to the hilt. They're okay. And it, it is, as was brought out in this week's lesson, Will say talks about Will. When will comes over you, you know, you're sure you're right. You're sure I'm not hating anybody. Um, I might not like him, but I'm not hating him or whatever mm-hmm. comes over you. That's why Mrs. Art, Mrs. Eddie's article, Ways That Are Vain, is so important. Something we were given to go over often. And I suggest it for everyone. Right, Florence? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. How this can creep over you, and what are some of the um, well signs that it is creeping over you? So you can shake yourself. We were told here to shake yourself, stay alert, stay awake, and this is why we do what we do. This is why we do the watches, why we have the roundtable Bible studies so often. The roundtables weekly. Um, it's to keep us all awake and working and alert. Um, it's what we've done for years here. And it's been proven to be tried and true. That's why we're still here. We wouldn't be otherwise. And that's why Mrs. Eddy insisted on having watches day- daily, several times a day in her household. She knew that they wouldn't be able to be effective if they didn't watch. And which is why she implored all Christian scientists to watch. But all of that information was lost because it was put in the archives. And self-justification is one of the adamants of error. Thank and you. And we're supposed to be justified by, or condemned by our work. <laughs> That's so. exactly right. That that the um, alertness to duty. That's why we do these daily duties daily, and that one particularly not be made to forget or neglect our duty to God, our leader, and to mankind. This lesson today is a very sobering one. And yes, in in Spiritual Footsteps by Carpenter, chapter 21, I love that chapter, but it's a description of a day at Pleasant View. It says it might be interesting to future generations, and yes, it is. And he tells about all the watches First one handling fear from 9 to 10. They did these watchings. We've talked about it many times. Watches throughout the day into the night. And Mrs. Eddy said we could not have accomplished anything for the movement without this silent prayer, the watches. So why in heaven's name were they put in the archives, these books that explain it? Only animal magnetism would have done that. It's not a person, but animal magnetism at work. Being handled by it and not knowing or recognizing it. Right, and probably arguing <laughs> arguing for it. Whatever your reason is, I don't know. But anyway, but thank God it escaped. 
the books escaped mm-hmm. from that tyrannical hand. Okay, Chardell? I, I really appreciate the lesson writer putting in the part about watching. And you don't know when the price is coming, and we're to watch all the time. All the time. It absolutely is very important. All right. Lillian, you want to read the golden text? Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? <laughs> Again, that's the, the way of the serpent is to hide itself. And that's why it must be exposed, cannot be ignored, cannot be floated over with godly words of love. You've got to get there and expose it. And then comes the godly words of love. But it's most important because it, it tries to operate in secret. All of it. Even, you know, in people's homes, Mrs. Evans used to talk about um, behind closed doors. All where, this. Yeah, you know, where, where, you know, a married couple would indulge in thinking or doing in their own home things that they would never do in front of others, you know, especially in front of people in the church. And J- J- Jeremy had a good uh, suggestion yesterday uh, about oh, the cameras. About, camera, <laughs> about cameras. You want to t- <laughs> Well, uh, somewhere Mrs. Eddie told uh, Adam Dickey that he should always act like there's a camera on him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just think that's a good idea. And I know if I ever were to do anything in politics <laughs> or in the public eye, I would... I would always have somebody filming, so you, know, <laughs> right, you want to come back at me, let's review the footage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because they make up all these lies. So, but, yes. But, but, in fact, there is a camera on every one of us. <laughs> the eye of God. God's seeing eye. Exactly. You know, I was only here, I think, about a year and a half or two, and um, this lady came down the street and you know, when she was driving by my car, she took off the mirror. Well, she came back, and and then her later on, her husband came and helped me fix it. But he said that, you know, he doesn't know why anyone would try to run away because God saw what happened. You know, mm-hmm. so I was very grateful to hear that. Very, very true. And in our watches, <clears throat> something that I do during the watch, especially if I'm going through the synonyms. I do it for myself, but then our church, our world, mind, all-knowing, knows everything. You can't escape. It's a, that beautiful article we have. I um, can't think of the name of it now, but it's about that. Uh, anyway, that God is at every uh, conference table. He's everywhere. The Christ is everywhere. There's no hiding the Christ is present, and maybe it seems to be hidden for a while, but it will it will be exposed. It will be it will surface, and the wicked shall not go unpunished. You know, Mrs. Eddy says that. I'm not being speaking out of school, so to speak. Mrs. I'm quoting Mrs. Eddy. It 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 will. They will be punished, especially those who are doing it. Malicious animal magnetism when it's maliciously done, um, until they stop. Everyone has an opportunity to stop and reform. But so we keep working this way and know that that law, Mrs. Evans gave us this God's law of divine justice is in full and complete operation. The wicked shall not go unpunished. We work with that throughout the law years, um, just knowing it. Because it isn't right for people to, to do wrong, to knowingly do wrong, to knowingly harm others and get away with it. That's not right. No, it's not. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that I was brought to a low place before coming here. I'm glad that that system works, you know. It does. So that I could learn and be brought here and do better. So. Yes, and maybe our the human justice right now is fumbling at times, but we can know God's justice is unerring, and we don't have to know 
where, who, why, or when. We just have to know it's unerring what the truth, the truth grinds to a powder. And there is justice for the innocent. Yes, as Craig, justice for the innocent, the long-suffering who have put up under the hand of various things. Yes, especially the children. Yes. Tom in, from New York sent me this story of, of someone in Cambodia who had been Buddhist and um, as a child and didn't really understand all that. But then the regime of, I, I don't know, I can't pronounce oh, it. Cameroon? Yeah. yeah. Yes, a very, very despotic communist rule came. And what happened, I won't even go into what happened. But her mother, before her mother passed on due to starvation, um, said, pray to God. And this little girl didn't even know what God was. But she, she did what her mother told her. And in all these dire situations, getting out of that place, God led her. Uh, it was an amazing story. And then, and then when she finally reached freedom, she and her four siblings were able to escape this regime, even though they were chasing her. And as she said, watching her and shooting at her, <laughs> she escaped each each time she escaped praying to God. And um, so she began to think, well, my mother was right. Maybe these harsh regime was watching me, but God was watching me too. So she made it to um, Thailand to a camp there and there a free freedom camp. And there she heard this beautiful voice singing amazing grace. And when she found the person that was singing it, and then she did find out about God, the Christ truth. And she wrote a book about her experience and, um, Alive and well, as are her siblings. So this is how it works, even under the most dire situations, even when some innocent soul like that, she made it through, trusting God. I know Ella um, in Canada has told stories about her father escaping Nazi Germany. She's given one testimony. She'll give more. But there are many of these stories that you all have told me. And... Yes, the wicked shall not go unpunished, and the innocent will be saved. They will be restored. The years of the locust have eaten. Jeremy wrote a watch about it, about injustices going on in Afghanistan right now. Oh, yeah. Well, every false system is going to crumble, as the responsive reading says. <laughs> yes. And, so, uh, we should, and we should rejoice that they do crumble. Mm-hmm. You can read the responsive reading now. Oh, Isaiah. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. This is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, Be not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you, get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord, the, sorry, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon, Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh, cometh suddenly at an instant. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved, and quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Thank you. Now, there's a lot to that, isn't there? That first, um, I will mention Carrie again. She sent me some beautiful articles this week. Um, the first, now go write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be, may be for the time to come forever and ever. Um, it's in our pamphlet, Overwhelming Evidence, where 
um, when Mrs. Eddy had that healing, you know, from the fall, that cold February day, and they thought she was going to to die when she got up, that a doctor said, I said, one one of the doctors, an old experienced physician, witnessed this and said, how did you do it? What did you do? She said, I can't tell you it was God. And he said, why don't you write a book and publish it and give it to the world? When she returned home, she opened her Bible and her eyes fell on the words. No, now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So that was very beautiful, I thought. But then these rebellious, lying people, and they, and they didn't want to prophesy good things, you know. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to hear about anything unpleasant. No, no, no. Just tell me whatever I'm doing is okay. It's all right. No, it doesn't let's, help. Let's, let's smooth things over. Yes. Instead of confronting evil, let's smooth things over. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> Let's not take responsibility or have something important to do. Exactly. Somebody might come back and feel bad and hurt me. Why are you upset? Sure. Go ahead. Moving things over when you think sounds really nice and you don't have to deal with it. But the truth uh, disrupts that and erupts the era and, you know, it has to come up. You know, it's hidden, must be uncovered. And that's important for all of us. Thank exactly. you very much. And we thank God for the people who are willing to stir things up and uncover the error, aren't we? Because the error fights back viciously. It tries to kill. They, they can't. Whoever and whatever tries to stir up and uncover the error. And they can't do it by, because some people try to do it to stop the good people's voice by lying about them. But thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And honesty is spiritual power, and dishonesty is human weakness which forfeits divine help. We can know this. And if anyone is lying, besmirching, people we can know they're forfeiting divine help and they will be ending up in not a very good spot themselves we have to all we have to do is know these truths we don't have to know who what how or when as i said before you just keep enforcing these truths in your own thought so the famous them on heart like it says in the last yes yep and um then the last, about the returning and rest shall be, be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. <clears throat> this is so important to know right now. Um, as I've said many times, told you all that in years past, after Thanksgiving Day, the Friday night after Thanksgiving Day, we would all gather in church here and begin reading what Christmas means to me. Um, you know, this Black Friday, the day of Everybody going out shopping madly. And now it starts on Thanksgiving Day, I hear. Or before. Or before. The mass materialism of the day. We counteract it. You get into your book. Um, I, I looked up my old liberators, the ones on Christ and Christmas. I began to study those again. She talks so much about the Bethlehem star cutting through the night of materialism. Uh, we keep quiet, quietude. What does Mrs. Eddy say and, and what Christmas means to me? I love to observe Christmas in quietude, humility, benevolence, charity, letting goodwill towards man, eloquent silence, prayer, and praise express my conception of truth appearing. It's a beautiful word. Beautiful. So keep yourself there. Mrs. Evans would often refer to the bloody holidays. So which would you like, the bloody holidays or the holy days? The holy days. The holy days. I, I say that to myself often. I said it all weekend. It was a holy time. 
um, because I insist on it. I enforce it in my thinking. I'm not going to have anything but that. Holy days. Otherwise, already you hear about everybody arguing and fighting and everything going on here, there, and everywhere. So, no, uh-uh, no thank you. In a um, beautiful article by Ella Hogue that Carrie sent me, it says, well, quote Mrs. Eddy, the best spiritual type of Christly method for uplifting thought and imparting divine truth is stationary power, stillness, and strength. And when this spiritual idea, feel, is our own, it becomes the model for human action. That's Mrs. Eddy's quote. And then this, true stillness or quietness is born of confidence in God. It comes to the heart which has laid down the warring beliefs and elements of fear and self-will. It is the fruit of patient striving after spiritual good. While selfishness is always anxious and disturbed, the bliss of unselfishness is made manifest in peace and calm. This spiritual ideal is not one in a moment, but its attainment can be hastened in proportion as its beauty and desirability are recognized. And in the degree that it is earnestly loved, sought, and demonstrated. So, would you like to have that quietness? You have to love it and seek it. Um, Luann painted this beautiful picture. It's an autumn scene for our liberator coming up, but it's a picture of reflection uh, of, a, of a lake. And in order for a lake or a pond or any body of, body of water to reflect, what must the lake be? Still. 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 So we ourselves must be still in order to receive God's voice. If we get all rattled up and everything, we we can't hear him. And then sometimes we do. We get into this human will. I've got to do this. And I have all this to do. And I'm making all these things. And Well, no, you don't. It's all self-inflicted if you really think about it. So keep your peace. Something Jacob sent to me in Holland. I can see so clearly sometimes that when my thinking is in the human mode and I believe that I perceive a material body and an exterior world with all the chaos and injustice and evil, then I interfere with the reality of the infinite divine consciousness. I malpractice on God, if that's possible. But I believe our leader called it an attempted infringement on infinity. The divine consciousness or mind is all there is, and everything is perfect, harmonious, eternal, and as spiritual as our understanding allows it to be. And then she says, say to yourself, oh, Father, I have all eternity to enjoy you. <laughs> so that's a, that's a wonderful thought. And Another thing that I love so much, and I, I bring it up every Christmas and think about it, is the Martha Wilcox, um, The Power of a Right Idea, and what she says about a group of metaphysical thinkers. And sacred history tells us that in this province of Galilee and among the common people was a little group of metaphysical thinkers Right in the midst of this dense materialistic thinking of the upper class was this little group, this remnant of Israel, who practiced pure and undefiled religion. They taught and practiced the most beautiful moral precepts. In fact, they were full of light in that black night of materialism. And what what did they bring forth? Christ. We must ask the Christ, the Christ thought. We must take this as seriously ourselves now. If we're not the remnant, I don't know who else is. I know, I know there are others. I know there are many good Christians working and praying. Um, in this dark night of materialism, to bring forth, now I believe it to be the millennium, to bring forth the reign of Christ for a thousand years, not the reign of despotic control, the reign of Christ 
And if we don't do it, we will be held responsible for not doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I ask you. You told us there was greater work to be done. And I don't think those greater work stopped with Mrs. Eddy's discovery. I think the discovery was to help us all do the greater work. Thank you very much. Well, and today, isn't it clear that more is required than just faith? I mean, a few thousand years ago, maybe, or a few hundred years ago, maybe faith was enough. But today, it requires those who actually understand the science to overcome all the material beliefs. Because the material beliefs believe that natural science, material science, is the answer to all of our problems. Right? chemistry and biology and drugs and physics and nuclear energy and all that stuff and people don't they they don't listen to a a just faith it requires the understanding of the science to deal with today's issues the reason in re- in the responsive reading uh, it was getting, they were getting such a, a sound rebuke. It's because they were turning to Egypt, right? Um, Carrie sent me another article about that. They were turning to Egypt for their help. They were looking to Egypt, which was a very, uh, what, I guess, pardon, pagan, thank you. That's the word, thank you, pagan place, rather than to God. So today we have it, instead of turning to Egypt, we are like turning to Egypt when we turn to anything but God for the answers. So we have to go back to quietness and confidence. And the, in that verse, it also says, and you would not, doesn't it? <laughs> they wouldn't do it. But we can do it. And in Matthew 24, Christ Jesus says, For then shall there be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened. There should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Who's the elect? The remnant. The remnant. That's it. So I ask of you, what is more important to you this holy season? What is more important? What is ever more important than this work? What could be more important? Nothing. There's nothing. You think your family is important to you. Well, maybe you won't have a family if this work isn't done. I mean, this is what kept me going through all the years of the law case. I just have to ask myself, well, so I don't get to do maybe what I thought I was going to do. But who cares, really? In the scheme of things, who cares? Uh, Mrs. Evans, I used to, you know, because I've trained to be a teacher and I love teaching. And there was a time I really wanted to go back to teaching, partly because being doing what I was doing was so difficult. I thought, wow, if I could just go away and have some other kind of work to do. Um, but she said to me, a lot of people can teach. Not many have the understanding of the science. That I do, and in that, in those days, and still is probably a very meager understanding compared to the Christ and Mrs. Eddy, but even that meager understanding is, is more than so many others. So, and this gives you great purpose, and whatever your job is, if you have a nine to five job, well then, but you keep it first, your work for God, everything you do. God first, last, and always. And that was what was so wonderful about you all coming to the Wednesday night and the Thursday morning meetings, Thanksgiving weekend. Because I tell you, it used to be there was a pitiful handful that would come. Maybe some of you remember in your own churches. And Mrs. Evans would say, yes, everyone is home baking pies or whatever. And and most of my life, or before I found Plainfield, I was too. Oh my goodness, we had the um, football games and the pep rallies and company coming, and but not anymore. 
Now, this work must be accomplished, as we'll see in the story of Nehemiah. But before that, remember this, and this is a good watch, too. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The good, good watch at itself. So I don't care who's doing what or where they're doing it and what they think. If it's without God, it, it can't stand. It can't stand. It will fall. It will fail. And they might seem to be flourishing for a moment, but it will tumble down that you must know, because it will. And the innocent will be protected. And the years that the locusts have eaten will be restored. And all the sorrowing and sighing will flee away. It's the greatest amount of love to, to let somebody wake up, too. Not to just put your hand out to, to steady the ark or whatever, you, whatever, steady the problem. And, and just have this courage to watch them learn their lessons. It's very right, but otherwise you make them weaklings. You have to let them go and learn, and they will. And it, through the prayers of, of prayer of the righteous availeth much, the prayers will protect them. They'll learn what they need to, as the prodigal son, but they will return. It's amazing. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. No matter what difficulty a loved one might be going through, with the prayers of the righteous, they will return. They have to return. There's nowhere else they go. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Sooner or later, everyone will. In the, um, it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. There was also a, a very good article, How to Know the Truth, but it quotes Robert Browning saying, The best men ever prove the wisest too. Something instinctive guides them still aright. And it goes on to say that um, they who live most and live best know most and understand best. That is why people who are in school all the time and never have lived <laughs> mostly know what they're talking about. <laughs> While the people who have the businesses and are working and doing all this, they understand things. You can't just read about it. you got to live it. And in living it, you know it. But one of one of the things that Carpenter writes is about, um, you know, watching a ship captain do his thing and then thinking you don't need him anymore yeah. and trying to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looked easy. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and we're seeing in The Chosen, right, where they said, well, they watched Jesus do all these miracles and all this stuff, and now suddenly he's asking, well, you go out and do it. <laughs> I like, what? Ooh, wow. But that's true of every one of you. You have someone that comes to you for help. You help them. You do it. You are true disciple of truth. You are all practitioners. Every one of you listening today, you get out and you start proving this science. Don't keep turning into a practitioner. Yes, sometimes you need to. Or if you're doing this very important work, sometimes you need to because we're staying in, in, uh, marching mode and, and you can get attacked for what you're doing so yes we, we keep in tight formation but you go out and heal the world absolutely all of you everyone Well, and you don't have to heal the whole world just heal the corner of the world in which you live yeah, that's right yeah everybody heals their corner and the whole world heals oh. yes that's it now, this beautiful story of Nehemiah, I looked it up because I know we, we've had three Bible studies on it. January 4th, 2020, The Wisdom of Nehemiah, Part 1. January 18th, 2020, A Tool in One Hand and a Sword in the Other. And February 15th, 2020, Nehemiah's Strong Stand. Now, that is how much is in this story, which we won't be able to get through all today but a lot of it we can still um, we use this story we work with this story again through the law years because it is an example when you have a mission 
everything under the sun is going to try to stop you. Everything. That's why you set your face like a flint and you won't change direction. Now, Shardell, what did you write about? Well, after I wrote it, I realized that before I was really listening to and watching what he did. But now, since I'm learning all this, I'm, I'm really watching how he did it. He did it because he trusted God. God used him. He didn't falter. He stayed steady. No matter what happened, five times they came after him. And then he was, you know, the priest uh, tried to trick him. And he did go. He said, I will not go into the temple. He knew that it wasn't God doing it. But we can do that. Little by little, you can learn. Listen to God. That's it. It's certainly true. So thank you. Yes. Um, it's interesting. You know, he, he was, uh, I read too, he was the last of the prophets. Um, it said he was one of the captive princesses, princes of Judea, carried away to the court of Artaxerxes, the Persian king. Through his ability and faithfulness, he had been made a cupbearer to the king, but he could not forget Jerusalem. And so one day he heard what had happened to Jerusalem. And before he talked to the uh, king, what was the first thing he did? Prayed. prayed. Yes. Prayed. He prayed. And so must we, before whatever we do, prayerfully it must be done, not zippity doo Although I love that song, but not, <laughs> not what's a better way to say it? Uh, not with human will, I guess. Thy will, mm-hmm. Thy will be done, Father. So, rushing so in, ru- yes, rush, rushing in. Um, not moral courage, but animal courage. There's a very big difference between the two. Moral courage is walking with God. Animal courage is human will and Rushing in, where fools rush in, where what? Yes, yes. So the first, the first, you know, Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and and the Arabians, the all of them, Ammonites, Ashdodites, they all were trying to get him to stop. They conspired against him, and so what did they do? Again, a prayer unto God and a watch against them day and night because of them. That's what we do. We started during the law days. Day and night we watch. You watch your thought. You watch the suggestions as ways that are vain or these thoughts leading you away from the people of God or to them. You watch. You pray. It's the only way to survive these times. And and so, <clears throat> and then, Samballot and Gisham sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. What did you say? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. If anybody wants you to come chit-chat with them in the plane of, oh, no, <laughs> you don't. You won't win an argument. It's just a, it's just an attempt to take you off and, and to, excuse the expression, but to screw you up. Because yeah. I want the serpent to gather you. Yeah, the serpent. They'll start saying things to you and, and try to get you all confused and mixed up, like, oh, my goodness. Well, am I really in my right place? Should I really be doing this? Maybe not. You know, maybe not. Remember Jesus in the wilderness? Get you behind me, Satan, at the end? Mm-hmm. His armor. Everything was offered to him, but then he says, no, just get out of here. I might have listened to you. <laughs> Thank you. And Ms. Zeddy says there are four things that show, you know, animal magnetism at work, and the first one is confusion. Thank you. Yes, confusion. And that's exactly what it wants you to do, this chit-chatting voice, to get you confused. Um, you know, they'll say all kinds of things and get you mixed up, turned around, so you think you want want to do something. That Anything you, to get your thought off of it. Yep. And and then you'll know that'll be a red flag. 
in this. There are these wonderful articles that Carrie sent that should be on our website and in the Liberator. Go ahead. Did you want to say something? Oh, I just wanted to say it occurred to me that those four things are confusion, forgetting, failure to do one's duty, and moral illness. So, you know, through the confusion, they wanted to get him to not do his duty. Yes. That's why if your motive, as Florence said in the beginning, is pure, you can't be taken off your love for God and man. That'll keep you safe. That's not your motive. If your motive is some human thing, you will, you'll fall flat on your face. You've got to have a pure motive, as did Nehemiah. Um, in this article by an Annie Colt, Rebuilding by Nehemiah, the Wall of Jerusalem. This is from 1889. Journal. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come to you? <laughs> I love that. That's Nehemiah. And then it writes, There is a lesson for us Christian scientists to heed. We have been in bondage worse than that of the Jews to the Persian king. The walls of our Jerusalem, spiritual sense, have been in ruins. And we, ex and we exposed to the attacks of our enemies, the lusts of the flesh. The founder of Christian science has brought to us the perfect truth and has called on us to rebuild our walls. The work of rebuilding a regeneration must first be done in ourselves. Then comes the rebuilding of the walls for all. The preaching of the blessed gospel of the truth to every creature. It says, while we rebuild our own walls through truth, our enemies are partly willing to let the work go on. But as soon as we wish to branch out and rebuild the wall about all their homes, then the people wishes to come down from the wall onto their level. But we can afford to, but we can afford to do this any more than Nehemiah could. That's a question. Can we afford to mingle with people on the plane of mortal mind? instead of keeping our place upon the solid foundation of the wall of truth? If they wish to make a treaty with us, let them come up on our plane, but we cannot, must not, go down to theirs. So, that's a wonderful um, article as well, and there are many more, more that are just wonderful, that keeps us going. Um, and, and why why is it that we insist that we require people to meet us if they want to at our state of thought rather than going down to their state of thought if they are? Why is that? Well, it's all about God and his God state state of thought that we've learned to emulate and therefore the, to go down is not correct. It won't be right. Yes, and it gets back to your point about motive too. Out, out of love for them we require them to raise their thinking. Don't we? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, if I be lifted up or lift all mankind unto me what what's that about? Exactly. It's not me against them. It's 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 out of love for them. Well, I think there's a difference too between meeting people where they're at, because to your point about motive, the motives of these people trying to get Nehemiah off the wall weren't pure. They weren't trying to be healed. They weren't. There was no good intention or or even a good need behind it. So, of course, you don't want to come down to that level. It, it just takes you down into confusion. I mean, if someone wanted genuine healing, you know. If their motive were help, yeah. If their motive were pure. Hezekiah would have gone to them in a moment because they would have helped his cause. But they weren't. Their motive was totally impure. Which is why you don't cast your pearls before swine. You don't give of your rich overflow to those with an impure motive. And requiring them to come up is the beginning of the healing. If we go down 
We've lost and, it. Yes. And we're, we're mesmerized just as badly as they are. And, you know, Nehemiah, uh, he, he knew, he said, and lo, I perceive God had not sent him. That's always the question. You know, we know that in church, in the practice, all these things. Did God send this person or did animal magnetism send this person just to confuse you? If God sent, if God didn't send him, then you don't want to spend time with it. And the other, the quote a lot was, um, wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and God, Gashmu said it. <laughs> Gashmu. If, if Gashmu says anything, don't listen. <laughs> Gashmu is not the one. Gashmu is mortal mind. So we could go on for another few hours, but I'm going to end, or Gary will end now. Ways that are vain. We'll just read the, the last page, and all of you should know and study this one. This is in Miscellany, page 213. The natural fruits of Christian science mind healing are harmony, brotherly love, spiritual growth, and activity. The malicious aim of perverted mind power or animal magnetism is to paralyze good and give activity to evil. It starts factions and engenders envy and hatred, but as activity is by no means a right of evil. But as activity is by no means a right of evil and its emissaries, they ought not to be encouraged in it. Because this age is cursed with one rancorous and lurking foe to human weal, those who are the truest friends of mankind and conscientious in their desire to do right and to live pure and Christian lives should be more zealous to do good, more watchful and vigilant. Then they will be proportionately successful and bring out glorious results. Unless one's eyes are opened to the modes of mental malpractice, working so subtly that we mistake its suggestions for the impulses of our own thought, the victim will allow himself to drift in the wrong direction without knowing it. Be ever on guard against this enemy. Watch your thoughts and see whether they lead you to God and into harmony with his true followers. Guard and strengthen your own citadel more strongly. Thus, you will grow wiser and better through every attack of your foe, and the golden rule will not rust for lack of use or be misinterpreted by the adverse influence of animal magnetism. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you guys so much.